everyone, and welcome to Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and along with my co-host, Chris Kay, we discuss and dissect our favorite music, heavy metal. So sit back, relax, pop open a cold one, and let the debate begin. Welcome back, everyone, to Debating Metal. I'm Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and along with my co-host, Chris Kay, we discuss and dissect the hard rock and heavy metal bands we all know and love. Each week, we also discuss some bands and albums you may not know that you should definitely be listening to, as well as giving you our big four on various bands, albums, musicians, etc. This week, it's episode 20. We made it to 20 episodes, and this one is going to be a good one. We're going head-to-head as we tackle ACDC, Bon Scott versus Brian Johnson, Back in Black versus Highway to Hell, Let There Be Rock versus For Those About to Rock, and so on. So get ready for a good one. I thought we were doing Dave Evans versus the other two, but... Uh, oh, that's I, right. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well. We'll do that next time. Yeah. Uh, and later in the episode, you wanted the best, you got the best. With this week's big four ACDC songs. And this week, we're reinventing our segment, What Should You Be Listening To? And splitting it into two categories, Rusty Metal and Freshly Forged. And we'll explain that in just a bit. All right. But before we get to that, let us review. Last week, we took on Rainbow, and which era was better, Ronnie James Dio's or Joe Lynn Turner's? So if you missed last week's episode or any of the other ones, you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, and don't forget to rate us or leave a review. And we definitely want to hear your opinion on these incredibly important matters, so send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages and leave comments or message us and tell us what you think. Now, Chris, tell them what our big four was last week. Last week, we picked our big four rainbow songs. To check out the list, make sure you listen to the episode and leave us a comment on our social media pages. Tell us what your big four rainbow songs are. Now, let's get to our reimagined segments. What should you be listening to? Rusty Metal and Freshly Forged. Kenneth, why don't you explain uh, Rusty Metal? Okay, so for any of our regular listeners out there, they know that I tend to pick some of the older... Uh, songs or albums that are out there from metal or hard rock artists so in in that vein something happened the other day i was thinking of of uh one of my old tapes i used to listen to it is this radio show in new york called heavy metal from hell and they used to do a segment called rusty metal and they would play an old song in comparison to that this was 1987 1986 at the time so they were playing songs from the 70s not that old in comparison we're probably going to be picking some very similar songs or albums that were played back then. So essentially it's going to be old metal songs, old hard rock songs, old metal albums or old hard rock albums. And then Chris, you have freshly forged. So basically in contrast to the rusty metal segment, uh, we're going to be picking uh, an album song video, something new that we definitely want you to listen to, something that's caught our attention and uh, should be out there. Cool. So this week for Rusty Metal, I actually have two albums, and it's kind of weird that I I picked two albums, but because this year's 2020, these albums that I've chose are both celebrating 40th anniversaries this year. They both were released in 1980. 
because there was both of these albums are so monumental in the landscape of heavy metal and what would come um i basically said you know what i'll pick them both this will be with the one and only time that i do two the first one is going to be iron maiden's self-titled debut iron maiden came out april 14th 1980 i mean if you're into metal and you haven't heard iron maiden's first album there's something wrong with you it is a dynamite album it has paul diano as the as the singer the only other Maiden players that are on it to, that are still there, Steve Harris and Dave Murray. Um, it is, it is, it shows off exactly what Maiden was at the time. I mean, it's just amazing how good that album was from start to finish. Even the the, the slow songs, even there's two slow songs on that album, and even that those two songs are spectacular. And the recording, Steve Harris hates it. I think it's pretty cool, especially the remastered version. I, th- I think the first remastered version was better than any of the others because it just it just brightened up the guitars, but also gave it a good little thump on on the bass drum and, and and the bottom end of the of the songs. So it's a really cool album, really cool sound. You know, raw, very very raw, but at the same time, it's Maiden. Yeah, I, I really like uh, the first album. I even like the original recording. I know Steve Harris has a has an opinion on it, but I mean, it's it's what we listened to initially. I mean, as a fan, that's what you had, and I tend to like when when uh, artists release uh, original versions of their songs or keep them true to what they were. And and Iron Maiden never sounded bad. That that album never sounded bad. Yeah, the remasters sound a little better. They've brightened it up, like you said, but. I, I still think they're really solid album or a solid sound to that album from I, the beginning to now. I completely agree with you. I mean, I have the record from back then. So I listened to it probably a month or so ago. Very, I mean, it's sort of like I pulled out when I, when I put my stereo together um, after I moved into my new house, I put together, uh, I mean, excuse me, I, I, I put on Metallica's Kill Em All. Dan, I mean, I, it's the, it's the Megaforce version that came out in 1983 and it sounded damn good so you know those albums as much as they were raw and you know not not a big budget they sound so good Mm -hmm. so the other album that's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year and there are a few others but these two are are really important uh, at least for the first this first segment and it, it is all about our topic today. ACDC's Back in Black came out July 25th, 1980. It is pretty close to exactly 40 years from when this... That's crazy. It, 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 it's amazing. And the funny thing about that album, it still sounds so good today. I mean, that is that is a timeless, timeless sounding album. I mean, you can't you can't say that that was recorded in 1980. It's, it's very difficult to sit there and pinpoint when that album was recorded. And, and those songs kind of had a renaissance uh, when the Iron Man soundtrack came out, the Iron Man 2 soundtrack. Uh-huh. Uh, the, I mean, though, that's not really a new album by any means. It's it's a compilation. It's a greatest hits, basically. But the, there there was a lot of people hearing that for the first time, and, and a lot of those songs came off of uh, Back in Black. Yes, for sure. And what's what's amazing out there is you, when you think about, like, I go into a store nowadays and you hear You Shook Me All Night Long, you hear Back in Black playing in the background, you hear rock songs that 
Cherry Pie from Warrant. You hear all these, you know, Quiet Riot, Come On, Feel the Noise. You hear all these songs that at the time, they were almost ostracized by mainstream radio. Maybe not so much Cherry Pie and Come On, Feel the Noise, but because uh, those are big top 40 hits. But just in general, you know, rock and metal were not played on the store or, you know, over the speakers in the store. You didn't go into to to target a Walmart and hurt and hear those songs. It was very different back in the day. You heard Muzak or you heard some sort of light radio songs or whatever. But today it's it's so commonplace to hear those rock songs. Scorpions, Rocky Like a Hurricane. I mean, things like that are just all over store tapes that they play constantly all day long. Yeah. So it, uh, those songs stood the test of time. What's interesting is um, you you said Target or or Walmart, and what's funny is Target really never had music playing in the store. Mm-hmm. But I went in there today actually, and they had music playing in the store, and it was a variety. It was a, it was some soft rock stuff, but they had there was something a little heavier playing, and I and it, it hit me all of a sudden because I worked there for about five years at one point, and. Uh, and they had music playing, and I was like, "Oh gl- God, I'm glad I'm not. I didn't work during that time period." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chris, what do you have for freshly forged? All right, so uh, this week I picked uh, Kiko Loreto. He released a, a single called EDM from his new single, or from his new solo album. EDM stands for E Dependent Mind. And what that is, and I just watched the video today, actually, and that was what really drove it home that I wanted to talk about this because one, music videos are kind of a lost art, and a two, the song is just really nice. I, I I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait for the the full album, which is called Open Source. So basically, it shows a couple that are staring at their phones. They're not talking to each other. They're sitting on the couch. They're taking selfies, you know, indulging in so- social media, which is something I've always had trouble with myself. I'm not I'm not much of a social media guy, at least on a personal level. I really don't like people knowing what I ate, you know, 10 minutes ago or what I'm about to do. What You know, I just it's just not for me. I know a lot of people that that seems to be the culture we live in now is that people just completely indulge in so, in social media i i would say more self-indulge because it, it, we, everybody's just so obsessed with what they're doing um but i'm not sure everybody is obsessed with what you're doing <laughs> yeah um so so basically they're sitting on their phones they're just kind of staring at it their son is riding around on a tricycle you know trying to get their attention they're not paying attention to him at one point the mother is is feeding her son but she's not even looking she his face is just dirty i mean she's she's getting food all over she's just looking at her phone smiling taking taking photos for instagram or something even in intimate moments they show them kind of making out or you know what would be that and and they're looking at their phones during that time, you know, t- snapping shots of themselves, selfies. And so it just really shows this this level of, of self-obsession that's going on. Uh, people aren't really taking note of all the things going around them. They're just kind of focused on themselves. And 
over time you kind of see things start to fracture their their relationship is suffering because they're not paying attention to each other they're not listening to each other and at the at the end i mean it, it all kind of falls apart and i don't want to spoil anything because it is such an entertaining video to watch but there's some really dark moments in there uh, I, I really recommend watching it because it's it's in it's an intense music video and the music you kind of get just get lost in it so i would recommend watching the video and listening to the music almost separately like listen you watch the video listen to it and then just listen to the song as a, as a as, you know mp3 or you know whatever way you can get it but uh it's almost two different experiences but they they work so well in either format that's cool i like i like i still like watching videos i haven't done it as as regularly as i as i used to um and so i want to definitely check that out because uh i like you know seeing what especially nowadays because you know the budgets are so much smaller and but yet they they can come up with so much entertainment i guess value for that small budget rather mm-hmm. than you know the million dollar michael jackson thriller budget you know yeah there's there's a lot of new techniques revolving around uh video publishing that it's it's a lot simpler to make the same effects that would have cost a ton of money back in the day so it, it, it when it's done well it's really entertaining to watch i think we should definitely post a link to that whenever we post our our you know social media yeah we'll do it, even definitely. though we're t- we're talking about the the downfalls of social media <laughs> <laughs> but but we should definitely post a link to that and and uh i'll send that to you later awesome all right that brings us to our main topic and that is acdc bond scott versus brian johnson all right so you are picking bond scott i'm picking brian johnson and we're going to basically knock heads about this. <laughs> I have three words that are going to end a debate right away. Okay? And that's just that's the way I think. Okay? Back in black. It's done. Over. Bye. I win. <laughs> All right. That's it for debating metal. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it's funny that I say that, right? Back in black. Only by saying back in black, that, that doesn't just end the conversation or, or because... Brian Johnson, you know, wins. That actually opens up more questions and conspiracy theories because there's a lot of people out there that believe that Bon Scott had a lot to do with that out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's hints. There's there's people that have been involved in the situation that that say that basically his his songbook was taken from his apartment after his death. And no one knows what happened to it, but it was taken by the the ACDC camp, and nothing's nothing was done with it. I really find that hard to believe. Uh, and there's a lot of Bon Scott vibe in Back in Black, which there's a ton, a ton is, of vibe. In, in that. Yeah, it, it's interesting because Brian Johnson's lyrics, uh, which which he wasn't a lyricist really for ACDC for a tremendous amount of time, even though he's the singer over time, that responsibility fell to Angus and Malcolm. Uh, but during his time, there was a lot of, of bond elements in that album that didn't carry over to later albums, which is kind of suspicious. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest one that stands out is you shook me all night long. 
uh, that is the one that is profiled in in a, a book that talks about Bond Scott's last years, or yeah, last years. So that you know, there's a lot of things about that that song. I mean, it is riddled with the double entendre that Bond was so well or so good at doing. Um, he he knew how to place these phrases and 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 man you know the, the things that he did with the phrasing itself uh, of of words of the lyrics of the poetry that he wrote that only bon scott could do that and it you know it's very prevalent in highway to hell let to be rock and all you know especially dirty deeds um so all those all those lyrics by bon and then you hear you shook me all night long and you go that that's i mean that's totally bon scott Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, giving the dog a bone, or what do you, what you know, what do you do for money, honey? Things, songs like that. There's so much that you you can sit there and say, that sounds so much like Bond. If it was only Bond singing, you know, now obviously Brian Johnson's the one who was, you know, Bond passed away in February of 1980, and Brian Johnson became the new singer shortly thereafter, and a new album was born in July. I mean, think about it. From February to July, new. New singer, or Bond's death. New singer, record an album, best album, like one of the best albums in the world today. Forty oh, years. Oh yeah, later. and as much as I prefer Bon Scott as the singer of, of ACDC, uh, there's no one that could have picked up the reins and carried it like like bon, uh, like Brian Johnson did. I mean, he he fits that band so perfectly that it's just undeniable that he's he's been an integral part of that band i i I, to me it puzzles me why they would even continue without him i know they want to play music and and i know it's it's they're not putting out new albums without him they're you know they're they're playing with axel and you know still out there playing music but it's that to me is not acdc it's but (laughs) I, I don't want to take anything away from them, you know, keeping going on and playing their, those songs. We definitely want to hear them as long as possible. And I, I don't want Angus to retire until he's ready to retire. For those of you who don't know, the rumor out there is that the band ACDC has completed, not, not just begun, but completed a new studio album that is being prepared for release rumor has it later this fall um i'm assuming that a lot of it has to you know any delays may be due to the coronavirus pandemic but the other rumor is stevie young was the guitar player that replaced malcolm so his family you got angus uh, of course and then supposedly phil is back behind the drum kit cliff williams is supposedly playing bass on the album and Brian Johnson is supposedly playing, is supposedly singing on the record um, using a lot of old Malcolm riffs. So it is very curious what's going to be coming out at the end of this year. It could, it could end up being something along the lines of uh, a different truth with Van Halen in that respect, I guess, mm-hmm. where they, they recycled some old material. Right. So, you know. Let's hope it's you know. Let's hope it's something good. I mean, I, I'm glad to hear or have seen. I mean, there, there's photos that have come out when they were in Vancouver, recording the album. Well, that's the rumor that they were in Vancouver, but the pictures were from Vancouver, 
it, you know, in a recording studio. The pictures are outside the back uh, with, and it has Brian and it has Phil. The only one that hasn't been photographed that I know of is has been Cliff. So the, the, he is the biggest question mark of whether or not he's returning or not. But you know, usually with an album comes comes a a tour. So we'll see what what happens there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so back to the main topic right. of, of the verses. What what I would like to say is that to me, you know, Bon Scott's era of ACDC is much shorter than what they did with Brian. However, they released in such a short amount of time nothing but just stellar albums. And each one got better from the beginning. So they went through a process of building, you know, the, the, the taking off from the ground up, you know, building the fan base, getting to that point where, where heaven and hell was finally breaking America. You mean highway to hell? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I said heaven and hell. I, I, I tend to do that, and I don't know why, but, I mean, I, I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan, so... Let me let me clarify. Highway to Hell. They finally break America, and unfortunately, at that point, Bond passes away. So we never would have known what would have happened in if we would have gotten Back in Black or something similar. I'm sure we wouldn't have gotten exactly Back in Black. I mean, there was a lot of we would have never got Hell's Bells for sure, but there was something building there that it just was at the precipice of just exploding. And it just kind of ended. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, when you think about the circumstances, it's its very sad. But at the same time, it gained uh, an enormous amount of new fans. And uh, their careers took off. I mean, they finally made it uh, the way that the brothers wanted to make it. So it, it's one of those things where, you know, they were ruthless in their aggression to try and make it. And they did. And Highway to Hell... One thing that I love about that album being the final Bon Scott album is he definitely ended his career on the highest note that he could have. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's from beginning to end, I can listen to that album over and over and over again and never skip a track. For sure. The The funny thing about Highway to Hell and Back in Black, I can still to this day name the first four CDs I ever bought. And two of them... One is Highway to Hell. The other one is Back in Black. I bought them at the same time. One Bond, cool. one Bond, one Brian. We'll put it this way. Bond Scott released five studio albums with ACDC. And then a variety of songs that were thrown into either singles or they were part of the original Australian release. And then they were pulled for the American release and turned into 74 Jailbreak. The five studio albums that came out after his death, Back in Black... For those about to rock, flick it a switch, fly on the wall, and then blow up your video. Blow up your video. Those five albums represent a period of time because right after blow up your video, um, when they came out with um, Razor's Edge, it, it, it they almost it was a renaissance for their career. So you could you could look at as it blow up your video as a bookend, and then they you know they they flipped a new chapter. So. I look at those five albums from Brian Johnson as, you know, you obviously have Back in Black and For Those About to Rock uh, came out. And that did really well as also. But you can tell there was a major step off from Back in Black 
to For Those About to Rock, where the songs just weren't the same. I mean, musically, musically itself, the, the, the songs were great. It was, it, it was lyrically where you could see things change. You know, and yeah, the, those albums, especially after "For Those About to Rock," those albums suffered lyrically for sure. Oh, for absolutely. I mean, for those about to rock is is more simplistic for sure, but it's still a really fun album. And I'm not saying that "Flick of the Switch," "Fly on the Wall," and "Blow Up Your Video" don't have their highlights, but to me, that was that was definitely the downturn of of the the quality of what they were putting out yeah and the funny thing i was just reading uh to doing the research for for this for the show that acdc basically since back in black and and you you can you can say since for those about the rock have basically put out all these albums from flick of the switch on and you could basically count on one hand and probably just a couple fingers the, the songs that you remember from each of those albums, and it's usually two, two songs from every album that are are the best songs, the highlights, and then everything else after that is, is relatively generic ACDC music. It, it, that has just been their MO. But Okay, so, so let's try this. Let's, I'll, I'll do the, the Brian Johnson ones. So <laughs> let's see. Um, and no, we're not talking about the Bon Scott your, era. I mean, we're just strictly no, no, no. talking about uh, No, Brian. I know. But, but, but Brian Johnson, um, let's see. That was uh, blo- Let's start with the last one, Blow Up Your Video. That's the um, way. I can think of Heat Seeker. Heat Seeker, and that's the way. That's the way I want to rock and roll. Uh-huh. Um, Fly on the Wall. That would probably be what Shake Your Foundations. Um, maybe Danger, Fly on the Wall, the song, because I, I remember it because it's the title track. That And, and that album probably, uh, for me, I, I can't sit there and say I can only pick two songs because I that album, I actually uh, was one of the first albums that I... That well, I Sink the Pink is a good one, too. Yeah, Sink the, Pink, Sink the Pink was a single, but they, they did a ton of promotion on that album. And so mm-hmm. that that's the reason why because they even put out like five videos from that album. They they were really 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 behind it. I saw that tour. Uh, so there's there's a lot to that because uh, let's see, uh, yeah, that was the first tour that I saw from ACDC. It was 1985 when that album came out. Gotcha. I remember the music video for Fly on the Wall too. And and all the videos were, were related because they were all like in the same bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they were all linked. Yeah. So um, um, so there, so there was a ton of promotion. So that one had a lot, but at the same time, when, when it comes down to it, Sink the Pink, and maybe you know Shake Your Foundations or or Danger. Those yeah. you could pick their you could pick three songs. I, for me, there's more because I knew. I knew so much about the album because there was so much promotion on it. And yeah, but for the for the average for the average you know, fan, right. casual fan, uh, those are the those are the ones you remember. The flick of the switch. I have more trouble with that album. That was not one of my favorites. Flick of the switch um, was a, was a was a video on MTV. Yeah, flick of the switch for sure. And then gun was it Guns for Hire? Guns for Hire is the one I like. That's that's my. I like that song. Um, but there was also Rising Power, but that was one of like those slow, methodical songs. Yeah, that was that was the first track, wasn't it? Yes, which I, I find it's it been a long a time terrible, since I listened to that album. <laughs> I think it's a terrible first track to 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 start. I mean, they should have started off with Guns for Hire. 
That would have been a yeah. Good it's one. it's awkward. It's not it's because yeah, you got to start off you know heavy strong you know it's, yeah. it, it, the tip the typical opening track, but that wasn't a typical opening track. No, I mean uh, Rising Power was dun, you know it, it hit that one beat, and I was like, I mean it just kind of never really goes anywhere. But anyway, so so flick of the switch and and this you know Guns for Hire. That was it. And that was the video, Flick of the Switch, that introduced Simon Wright to the world of ACDC fans because Phil Rudd had recorded the album, left, and Simon Wright uh, replaced him. And then, for those about to rock... I mean, that one's obvious. With For those about to rock, let's get it up. Right. Um, I mean, to me, that, that, that... Put the finger on you. Right. There's more songs in that one that you could pick out. But yeah, it, it's a stronger album of those those four for right, sure. Exactly, and obviously, Back in Black, all ten songs. Although I can, I could probably, yeah, <laughs> I could live without. Let me put my love into you. I could probably live without that song. I love that song. <laughs> that that's the one song I never got into. I, and the funny thing is, I you know, if if it plays, I you know, I'm tapping my foot, I'm you know, banging my finger, whatever it is, um, because I, the song has got a cool groove. But it's, that's it's, one of my favorite songs on that album. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, out of the ten songs, it would be number ten for me. But again, it's not a horror. It's be, it, that song is better than half the half the ACDC songs on any of their newer albums. <laughs> I think "Have a Drink on Me" is probably my least favorite on that album. That that one was a weird one, only because of of the way that Bon Scott passed away. Or maybe maybe. Maybe rock and roll ain't noise pollution. See, now, I'm, I not like a, that one. I'm not huge on that one either. I like that one. I like that one more than Let Me Put My Love Into You. Gotcha. But anyway, so you can see the, the pattern there. So now, as as much as I love Bond, you know, but the Brian Johnson era basically stands the test of time. It's been since 1980. It's been 40 years with the, the Brian Johnson era without Brian because you can sit there and say well he hasn't been, he wasn't there you know four years ago when, when Axel yeah you know what he did the right thing for himself he couldn't hear so he, no, completely he yeah, felt that he wasn't he wasn't up to snuff which I just read an interview with Chris Slade saying he can hear Brian perfectly on his in-ear monitors when they were playing uh, in the last tour and he said there was nothing wrong with the way Brian was singing it was just that since he couldn't hear himself, he couldn't tell whether he was good or bad. And so he chose to step away because of his hearing. Well, yeah, from what I understood, they, the doctors told him he had a very strong possibility of going deaf if he continued. Right. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough one when you, when you hear that from doctors. But then, you know, doc, other doctors came out and said, we can help. And so I think that's... Uh, where he's at today, which is awesome. I'm glad he. I'm glad he's back. If that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, like I said before, I prefer Bon, but Brian is is the guy that carried the banner, and uh, I I hate to hear, you know, any musician have to retire because of some something like that. So if he can continue, that would be amazing. Yeah, that that would be awesome. In my defense of Brian, I mean, because he fit the band so well. And and what I find crazy to this day is how people compare him to Bon Scott. Oh, he's exactly the same. I'm like, there's not a single 
thing that you could convince me that those two guys sing the same. My wife has said it to me. You've had friends say it to you. And, you know, I, I've had friends say it to me. It's like, that's insane. How can you even make that comparison? They sound nothing alike. One sounds like he's got gravel going down his throat. And the other one sings relatively smooth in a high pitch. But not like a girl yeah. high pitch, but just a high pitch. You my, know? my friend in high school, uh, we kind of bonded over, over metal. To be honest, I mean that's that's the way we became friends, and we were talking about ACDC, and he was saying, "I can't believe they found a guy that was he sings exactly the same as I mean he just sounds it's the same guy." And I'm like, "Do you have ears? <laughs> what, what what is wrong with you?" It's it's amazing that people can make that comparison. I mean, you know, my my wife hears. She can't stand ACDC, which, you know, that, that's, sometimes that's, you know, grounds for, for dismissal. But yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one right there. <laughs> but, you know, she's, she can't tell the difference between, you know, uh, the Highway to Hell, Bon Scott, and, and the Back in Black, Brian Johnson. And I'm like, how do you not tell? I mean, it's not, not even close. You know, maybe because you come at it from a, uh, I come at it from a musician standpoint in, in many cases or, or an audiophile standpoint and you're probably like an audiophile standpoint as well so maybe that's the, the, the reason why who knows but you know the average guy who could care less probably doesn't notice and doesn't care so that's why I mean there are musicians especially singers that change over time their voice changes but that would be such a drastic change no I can't imagine you know a, a young Brian Johnson sounding like Bon Scott no no not at all so Brian you know when you put Brian down on a piece of paper and you go pros and cons the cons that I see with Brian is is that he hasn't written lyrics for ACDC since blow up your video now is that because Malcolm and, and Angus didn't like the lyrics that he brought to the table? Or was it one of those things where it's like, you know what, just don't even bother, don't worry about it, we've got it, we're going to write the songs, we're going to write the lyrics, you just come sing. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot in the background because ACDC is such a, a close-knit, tight, and very private group, organization, whatever you want to call it. That so Brian hasn't written lyrics for ACDC since then. Every song after that has been young and young no no young young and johnson so that's weird but the the songs that they did write with brian um obviously nothing comes close to anything that was on back in black so that kind of tells you you know it goes back to the conspiracy does does brian johnson really not write lyrics you know who knows you know how how was he so inspired for one album but never inspired again? You know, so it's it's a weird thing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter my own argument to a, an extent, <laughs> and um, the the thing is like Ozzy. Ozzy is one of those iconic singers that uh, when you think of of metal and hard rock, I mean Ozzy is just synonymous with that. Doesn't write a lot of his own content. Well, if any. No, he, and, but he's he's metal. I mean, he's he's that guy. And Brian's kind of the same. Like, I can't imagine ACDC without Brian Johnson. Right. No, I, I totally get that. I mean, Ozzy's Ozzy's a little different because they give him the words and he comes up with the melodies. I give him that much. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, he 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 has the the he's the one who who basically puts the melody to the to the words. Okay, I don't know what the deal is with Brian Johnson. Whether he's the one making the melodies or or if they're the ones, you know, telling him this is the way the song is going to be and that's it. We don't know. Yeah, we but, probably won't ever know. And we won't ever know. You know, unless someone has a, a confession on his deathbed, and, and the only person that would be well, it's not true. I mean, Brian can do it. Angus can do it. Uh, Cliff can do it if he wants to, or Phil. You know. And I'm pretty sure Chris Slade has got the inside information, or even Simon Wright. Um, but those guys, you know, they're tight-lipped, and and more power to them because that's that's one of the best, tightest organizations in music, for for good or for bad, whatever it is. Brian is what he is. He's this iconic man with a, who wears the cap with the little fro, and. He sings with the roughest voice you can think of, the most iconic songs that are that are out there, um, and you can't take that away from him. Nothing, nothing can take that away from him. And he stepped up to the plate, knocked it out of the park, boom. Brian Johnson. I can see. I'm mean, going back to what you said, where um, you know we won't know, or may, unless somebody's on their deathbed. I can see, you know, Angus on his deathbed, trying to claim that. Uh, that Brian wrote play ball just so nobody would know that it was it was really him because that one's a, that one's to me a tough listen. Oh, uh, that that there was there were some good albums in between, but yeah, play ball was tough. I mean that that was real generic. Oh yeah, Black Ice was you know went platinum, just selling in Walmart, which is pretty amazing. And, but it, you know, it didn't really have that many good songs. Rock and Roll Train, you know, and then I think it was Big Jack. Yeah, and, I wasn't a huge fan of it. No, I um, wasn't a huge fan of it either. But that was that was it. I mean, it went, I mean, I picked it up because I, you know, I'm an ACDC fan. Right, and and it went platinum. Yep. I mean, I contributed to that. Yeah, so did I. I think the last best album they did was Ball Breaker. I loved that album. Yeah, it's a pretty good album. I, it, a stiff upper lip. I mean, is 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 pretty good overall. I I like the title track. I remember watching it on. Uh, I want to say it was Saturday Night Live. They went on and they they played it. That was really cool. That was one of my first memories of uh, seeing ACDC. I had heard some of the songs, but I had never seen them. And that and then I finally saw them on on Saturday Night Live. That was around what two thousand somewhere around there. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you know, Ball Breaker was really good. I liked um, Thunderstruck. What was it? that? Was Razor Edge. Yeah, it was I like I like that album a lot. Uh, that's one of my favorite Brian Johnson albums. And that came out thirty years ago this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stiff Upper Lip came out in February of two thousand. So that's that's celebrating its twentieth anniversary. But but back to to Bond. Um, so you know Bond had what um, five studio albums. Well, wasn't it six? Because there's there's TNT. There's uh, well, what TNT, was the first one? TNT is the same. Is basically the same as well. High Voltage that came out in Australia had a bunch of mm-hmm. covers, and I think half of that became Seventy Four Jailbreak or something like that. Uh, TNT was. Well, let's just go with the original releases. We're not. We're not talking about. So if we're going, if we're going with the, the U.S. Aust- releases. Okay, so if we go with the Australian releases, then they yeah, had, high voltage. Then you had TNT, six. 
Yeah. Dirty Deeds, Dirty Deeds Let, Let There Be Rock, Powerage, and Highway to Hell, so six. Right. So during that time, that's 75 to 79. That is five years. That is not a lot of time to put out six albums and tour furiously and put out some really good material. And, and what was so interesting about Bond was he just had this charisma. And you can go, there's a there's a, uh, a DVD set. I don't know if it's been, re- been released on Blu-ray or not. It's called... Um, Family Jewels. Yeah. I, uh, oh, if it's on Blu-ray or DVD, I have it on DVD. Okay, I have it on DVD. I don't. I don't have a Blu-ray release. I, I, I haven't seen it on Blu-ray, but it, it might be. It is a really good release. Uh, the first disc is all Bon Scott material, and you get to see a lot of live performances. So stuff that's really rare, stuff that's been compiled from from all that time that they were touring together, and uh, you you get to see. Live appearances on TV shows like um, variety shows and and you know like the the Johnny Carson kind of TV shows, uh, yeah. what do you, talk shows um, or late late night shows. So you get you get this really broad scope of what they did live. What I don't like about that connection is, or collection, sorry, is the Brian Johnson half is unfortunately it's a lot of just music videos. And I thought that was kind of a weird, like, I'd be fine if they released, like, a music video disc that was just a separate disc. But I wanted to see live performances all together, you know, in that collection. And that was kind of a disappointment. I know there's, you get, there's other videos that you can watch of their live performances with Brian. But it would have been nice to see, like, a comparison. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those things where, you know, they, they were putting together... You know, they had all this material for for Brian, so I think that's mm-hmm. the reason why they put the videos. And then, you know, what material did they have for Bond? Well, they had the the jailbreak video, they had the Let There Be which Rock, which is awesome. Yeah, the Let There Be <laughs> Rock video, video, which is so cool with him. You know, the preacher up at the front. Um, oh, I love that one too. That's that's my favorite ACDC <laughs> video. Period. And uh, there's there's the the live conceptual video of Highway to Hell. Um, and then really after that there's not there's not anything as as a promotional video release with Bond. So they took all this this variety show programming that they were able to acquire and put that out there for the public to see. Amazingly enough, there's still some stuff out there that that they haven't released, but I I watched a video a couple months ago while we were doing a you know, stay at home or work from home type of thing. And I put it in the background, and they were playing. They, I told you, Bon Scott, ACDC, I would have to say 1975, I think. I think they were playing um, It's a Long Way to the Top. And every they were playing. They had an orchestra behind them. Not that, that they were playing with orchestra. Not, yeah, they weren't doing like a Deep Purple type of thing with an orchestra. It was almost, it was a variety show. So the orchestra was part of the band, I guess you could say. like Sort of like the Johnny Carson had that big band. And so they were not playing, but they're all dressed in suits. Everybody in the audience has got ties on. the 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 band has got you know the tuxedos. They're you know they're the obnoxiously you know bright color types of tuxedos. You know, red with the white ruffled shirt. And even uh, Bond was dressed in a suit, but he had the, the tie off and so then he was just singing. And the band was dressed nice, except for Angus, because you know he's always got the schoolboy outfit. And it was just amazing to me to see this footage. 
and then you know they went to the next footage which was that stuff that that you see uh, that's on family jewels where they were playing in the in the tops of the pops i think it was in in the studio lip syncing to one of their songs and then the other thing you talk about brian footage this is amazing i told you about this they they were it was 1980 tour the, the back in black tour and they were playing songs all, you know what do you do for money honey I think it was giving a dog a bone. They played Back in Black. You shook me all night long. Um, and then I forgot what song. I think they played um, Highway to Hell and TNT. You want to talk a breakneck speed of every song. I, I couldn't believe how fast they were playing every single one of these songs. And the crowd was going nuts. I think this was a Japanese tour that they were that they were on. Crowd is going insane. They're running all over the place. I mean, Brian—he doesn't even have a hat on because it's, he's just moving so much. His hair is flying all over the place. It is insane how much energy was at the show, and it was almost like a college auditorium type of thing. It was—it was insane. So, if anyone gets a chance out, it's on Amazon Prime. There's a couple of ACDC movies, quote unquote, uh, on there. And if they've got, you know, quote-unquote documentary footage or live footage, check those out because that's got some cool footage. I, I know this one has Brian footage that's, that's not regularly available out there. So that was really cool. Bond's footage was neat, too, because it was so weird to see the variety show thing. Oh, yeah. And he, he just had a really interesting stage presence. I mean, he was he was a unique guy, a unique personality that, you know, you, you think that there's these certain guys out there that they just kind of transcend the average performer. And he was just one of them that when you when you watched the live performances, you couldn't help but focus on him. It was it, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, Angus has this presence as well that, you know, this image of him and the the schoolboy uh, get up and just dancing around just nonstop from beginning to end, and he and Bond visually had this chemistry, you know, and it and it was a carryover of their actual friendship, you know, that almost like because because Bond was a lot older than the other guys in the band, he he was uh, what thirty when he passed away, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, he he was he was or thirty three, I think he was, he was um, so he he was a bit older than the rest of the guys in the band. And even though he was, he was such a, a party animal, you know, he would drink like a fish, but he still had this kind of older brother vibe to him for the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. And, and he and Angus hit it off really well. And if you watch any of the live videos of them together, they just, they just had this visual chemistry that, that just made you, you kind of lose yourself in the performance. Yeah. I mean, to watch, to watch Bond perform, it, it was, you, 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 you were mem- mesmerized for sure. Because I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just a, a weird aura. Uh, about Bond, weird in a good way, where you, yeah, like yeah. you said, you you couldn't take your eyes off of him, you know. Even though there's this little guy running all over the place, back and forth, <laughs> you know, but but Bond was just was so magnetic. In, he these these really great facial expressions while he's saying, uh-huh. like, kind of like almost like like sucking you in. Yes, you know, the, the, uh, just your he he garnered your attention. 
Absolutely. I mean, it was, and it was funny because he's not one of those guys who ran around. He wasn't one of those guys that jumped up and down, but he was one of those guys that got your attention. Uh-huh. You know, and and that that was cool. That is, and Bon and Brian is the same way, which was weird. That's why that video that I was just talking about, where they're at breakneck speed, Brian and Angus are all over the place on this stage, and they're just running back and forth, and 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 Brian is leaning on the front uh, monitors over the crowd and running to the other side and going to one. I mean, I had never seen ACDC like that, and even the the. Cliff and, and Malcolm were just, you know, they would come up to do their background vocals, it, and they weren't just rolling back. It, they they would run to the front, run back, and it was it was just so weird because the speed at which they were playing was insane. yeah, that's really interesting. Maybe they were on coke. <laughs> they were on something. <laughs> bon Scott, the 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 legacy that Bon Scott leaves behind is is an incredible legacy for six albums. Each one progressively getting better, and that, that's obviously the way a record company would love it. You want to get progressively better, but you want to be great from the beginning. They weren't necessarily great from the beginning uh, in the record company's eyes, but they uh, they definitely progressively got better and better and better. But they were they were years ahead of of where they should have been, and that's the thing is that like now I think their popularity. Those albums specifically, their popularity is much greater than it was when it when it came out. I mean, there's so many artists that 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 will pick Powerage as their favorite ACDC album. I mean, it has Rock and Roll Damnation, Riff Raff, Sin City, Gone Shootin', Down Payment Blues. I mean, there's some amazing songs. Uh, and I, uh, that's just that's just part of the release. It's it's kind of overlooked. It's overshadowed by Heaven or damn it, Highway to Hell, and and uh, Back in Black. But it's a really stellar album. See, and and to me, to me, that was probably my least favorite of the Bond albums. You know, hmm. it, it's weird because it, that's the one I got least into. I like Riff Raff. I like uh, Rock and Roll Damnation. I, I love Sin City, but the rest of the album to me is not as strong as say Let There Be Rock. Let There Be Rock is you know front to back, eight songs, boom. Um, I don't think it's as strong as Dirty Deeds. I agree. People will come out. Many musicians say Power Age is my favorite album, and it's just weird to me. I mean, Highway to Hell is a, is a masterpiece from front to back. You know, so and obviously. Back in Black is it's as well. it's my favorite ACDC album. Highway to Hell or Power it's, it, Yeah, it's one I can listen over and over and over again, and I really don't get tired of it. the The lyrics or the lyrics themselves are just so strong, it, but but that's accompanied by some of the best songwriting they had. Oh, for sure. It, I mean, I, I yeah. The the numbers will say that. Back in Black is the best album of all time. It's the best-selling album for ACDC of all time. But I think it's there. There's a few factors to that. The production on Back in Black is better, for sure. It has some. It has some better riffs. It just does. Back in Black has has some stronger riffs than uh, Heaven Earth. Damn it! Why do I keep doing that? Highway <laughs> to Hell. And it's just it's 
it's hard to pick one, you know? Oh, no, for <laughs> sure. both so amazing. I mean, not many bands, not many bands can have a collection of albums that front to back are are great. That you don't skip a track. You don't, I, I mean, it's incredible. Highway to Hell and Back in Black or, or you don't skip. And, and, I, and I would put Let There Be Rock right up there. I mean, it's only got eight songs, but... It's close, yeah. You know, it, it's hard to skip. I mean, maybe... Maybe go down, but I like that song. You know, uh, yeah. you know, you're not going to skip "Bad Boy Boogie." You're not going to skip "Let There Be Rock." You're not going to skip "Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be." You're not going to skip what was the, a whole lot of Rosie. I mean, that's half the, the album. The right one there. that I would say you might skip, and the way that I had my ACDC tracks on my collection is in the original format. I don't have them as the U.S. releases. So "Crab City and Blue." if you're familiar with that song, isn't great. Right. There's a reason why it was left off of the U.S. release. Right. And, and I, when, I, when I think of the eight, quote, unquote, eight songs on Let There Be Rock, I don't... You're thinking of Problem Child. Right. I'm thinking of Problem Child. I don't think about Crap City and Blue. Well, Problem Child is on Dirty Deeds. Yeah. So that's weird. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think of it as a track because, like I said... I don't I don't have them listed in the format of the US tracks, so I don't think of it as a track on that album. But going to Dirty Deeds, Dirty Deeds is a great album too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that thing from beginning to end. If you're including Problem Child on that version, because I it's on both versions. It's on the US and the Australian. The difference I think is um R. I. P. Is not on the no rock not and on the international not on release no and then I think that ja- actually jailbreak is not on dirty deeds either and that's on the intro that's the right Australian jailbreak version. is on is on the original it's the last track right and that's a great way to end that album so see I like the I like the Australian release so much better because it includes some really important additions to that album oh exactly and. And ain't no fun is on is on the, like at the very end of the international release, where it's the second track on the Australian release. Right. You know it. it you know it, it's who's to say or who's to know what the thinking was behind the the American record company saying we need something different. They didn't like Dirty Deeds, so they passed on it. They didn't release it internationally until 1982, I think it was or 80. No, it, it came out when um, when For Those About the Rock came out. So they basically just, you know, they, they sabotaged themselves. So you you take off Jailbreak? I mean, what, what, was, what were you thinking at that point, you know? Jailbreak is such an awesome song. And the funny and thing is... And it's got a the, great music video that they could have used for promotion. Right, and the, that's right. And the video existed, which has made it even weirder that they took it off, you know, and then didn't, you know, didn't do anything with it. At the time that they released it later on, there was MTV, and they still didn't push that. It's like, come on, I, I didn't get it. I think that's what what to me is so interesting about the Bon Scott era of of that band is is that they had to fight tooth and nail to to reach the the, the heights that they went. It was almost like the record company was was against them. In many ways, because I think when they came out with Dirty Deeds, um, the American record company was ready to drop them. And then you're talking 
that's their second album basically so then they came out with let there be rock they got something with with actual let there be rock the song so they kept them on and then obviously power age comes out and, and highway to hell but it just it didn't make any sense to me i mean it came out in the united states okay so let me let me correct myself in this it came out in australia in, in september of 76 it came out internationally in December of 76. So the rest of the world, except for the United States, had that album since 1976. It didn't come out until March of 1981, which is basically eight months, I think, after Back in Black and eight months or, or nine months before For Those About to Rock. The giving, giving... And that's, you know, that's a testament also to Brian's contribution to that band was that people loved Back in Black so much that they were clamoring for anything ACDC and that's why they released Dirty Deeds. Well, yeah, they had to. They, I mean, you know, the record company's like, we're, we're sitting on a gold mine here. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, why they didn't release it to begin with, you know, back in the day, I don't know. But that's a great album. High, the, the High Voltage album that came out, the original one, was I probably say the weakest one and I say the original one because the the TNT that came out is more in in line with the high voltage that came out internationally. Yeah, the original uh high voltage has like the biggest hit to me is Baby Please Don't Go, which is a cover. Uh I like Show Business a lot, which appeared on uh the jailbreak release. You ain't got a hold on me is a really good track. Soul Stripper I do like those. So you're, so you're you're getting a lot of what was released on 74 Jailbreak. Right. If you get the original High Voltage, TNT is is basically the Australian version of the U.S. High release vol- for right. for High Voltage. The biggest difference would be uh, School Days is left off there, which I think you got on Bonfire. If you if you picked up Bonfire, yes. And and they took Rocker uh, off that album and yeah it would later appear on dirty deeds mm-hmm. so i mean they just made a clusterfuck of of was, <laughs> the whole was, thing i guess it was was can can i sit next to you that was on the the u.s release the international release right of of high voltage of high voltage yeah um i don't think so um can i sit next to you girl? oh yeah I, it was it was i think yes. it was mm-hmm. i i just can't remember because like i said i haven't listened to that version it's such a long time. Yeah, the American um, the American release they added Little Lover and they added She's Got Balls. And that leads us into the, the Dave Evans era. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that that um, was that was so weird as well because now, you know, you, you have a band that, you know, there's there's Cliff Williams joins the band for Powerage, right? Mark was Mark Evans was the bass player up until that point and then all of a sudden, you release an album with Bon Scott after Bon Scott passes away, and it's got Mark Evans on it again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, "What's going on here?" I mean, as a kid, when I first, I was so confused. I'm like, "What is going on here?" I, I really <laughs> I can't was, even imagine, you know, because I I didn't get these as they were released. I mean, I was born after the fact, but. But uh, I can't even imagine you growing up and <laughs> just the confusion. I, <laughs> what is this? I mean, literally. Uh, so I get into ACDC at the release of the movie. 
so I believe the movie came out in '82. I you know I run out and I buy Back in Black. I buy Let There Be Rock. You know, and and, and of course at that point, Back in Black comes out, and, and I'm like, this guy doesn't sound the same as the dude I just watched a movie for. You know, so it was really weird. Then it was like, okay, you got Let There Be Rock. You have Back in Black. You have Highway to Hell, and you have you know this this guitar player who killed himself on stage with you know <laughs> with the live album if you want blood and well cl- clarify that i mean it's the album cover it the, looks the, like he's got a yeah, guitar the, jammed through his chest yeah the album cover he he quote unquote stabbed himself with his sg uh guitar and the back cover is him lying down the, with the neck of his guitar sticking out his back the funny thing as a kid i'm like how is this guy not dead how is he alive? <laughs> I mean, those these were the things. I mean, I didn't know about a lot of stuff back then. I was very naive. As, as that, was, a, that was the innocence of of that era of music, though. Too is that there was almost like how wrestling is. You know, like wrestling had a a fan base that believed in something at that point. But now everybody's in the know. So they understand, you know, this is this is fantasy versus reality. But that naivety that was that was around back then was just kind of magic. Oh, um, yeah, but you're you're still talking. I'm, you know, at the time that that album came out, I was nine years old. But I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of ACDC at, when I was nine. But when I was eleven, twelve, thirteen, I was, and I would go to the record stores and I would flip through, you know, all the records, and I see this guy, you know. With you know, he's drooling all over himself. He's got blood on his shirt, and he's got a guitar stuck through him. You know, I'm like, how is this guy? You know, and at the end, on the backside, you see the guitar sticking out. Like, how is this guy not dead? You know, how how is this? How is how did he make another album? How is that? But of course, it's the magic of pre Photoshop. I mean, it's a pretty damn good job when you think about it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that album. I that album. If you want blood is disappointing to me because they were on the power age tour yet they didn't play they only played like one or two songs from power age on it they didn't play sin city i mean they played riffraff i think in rock and roll damnation and that was it and they only played i think what nine songs ten songs ten songs it was it was kind of disappointing yeah, but it was it was a smattering of everything that they had. I mean, there was a, there was what two or three songs, maybe four four songs from Let There Be Rock, three songs from TNT, two songs from Powerage, yeah. and they're all good tracks. And one song from Dirty Deeds. There's one. I, okay, I I'm never gonna like the Jack. I'm just never gonna like that track, <laughs> and and I can do without that one on that that album. But everything else, I'm I'm very much into I, I i listened to that one a lot if you want blood the live album was a disappointment to me i didn't like the song selection but after looking at the list of songs that really that was their that was their set list the only songs that are missing are fling thing which i don't even think is a, is like you know anything but a three minute song and dog eat dog which i'm like you probably could have squeezed that in there it's only like four minutes long but it is what it is. I didn't necessarily think it was a good live album, but it was a representation of ACDC at the time. I think Let There Be Rock, the movie, had a better soundtrack because it, they add, they were able to add songs from Highway to Hell on there. Yeah. I mean, now in the in the days that we have these, these resurfacing 
uh, live albums that bands recorded but never released and things like that. Like Metallica's done a lot of, uh, you know, they recorded stuff and then now years later they're releasing it. They've got the death, even though they're not the best recordings, but they've got the death releases coming out. And there are other bands that are doing the same thing. I would love to, f- to find out that there's some recordings of ACDC that they could release as, as live albums, whether they'd be on uh, streaming services or, or whatever. I, I would just love to hear more. I, I'd like to hear an album f- from ACDC, the Back in Black tour, or the For Those About to Rock tour. I think oh, those, yeah. those tours, a, t- a, a release from that era would be so monumental for fans. I mean, there's, there's got to be something out there that's recorded that is from the Back in Black tour, or at least from the, the For Those About to Rock tour, because it opened up the set list so much. You know, and you think about those two albums, I mean, you could scratch out everything from, from, from that point forward, and you still have yourself an awesome Greatest Hits album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, and so speaking of live albums and greatest hits albums, and talking about the Brian Johnson era, we mentioned before. You know, there's five or six albums from from ACDC, uh, from B- the Bon Scott era, and then five albums. If we want to go back to how we started, and we said it was five albums for Brian Johnson, and we we exclude the Razor's Edge. But if we're going to include six albums for Bond, then we can include The Razor's Edge. And the cool thing about The Razor's Edge, that tour is basically what solidified ACDC's place in metal, rock metal history. Because they needed to come up with something good after the bomb that Blow Up Your Video was. I mean, that... I I saw the tour. It was okay. But... The Razor's Edge tour was just bombastically better. It was bigger. It was huge. They had the giant whole lot of rosy inflatable that was the size of a Rolling Stone stage. It was huge. You know, they they did the Monsters Rock tour with Metallica that they toured Europe with. Metallica, Pantera, the Black Crows, and some other bands. That's the one they went to Russia with. And that was what was documented on the ACDC Live CD, then there was a collector's edition which had basically a two CD and it was the full concert. Same as the video that ended up coming out. That's amazing. I mean, that is ACDC at their peak. It had every great song that ACDC could put out at that point. All the Bond era stuff, all the Brian Johnson era stuff, it was the, the, the peak culmination of everything at that point. Yeah, it's a, it's a really solid collection. I mean, obviously they have so much more material with Brian. It's it's kind of like the the Sammy versus Dave argument. You know, part of what makes Sammy so great is that he had all of Dave's material as well as his own, as well as some solo material. So Brian being able to to go back and sing those, and and we've said before they don't sound the same. But they they can sing the same kind of music. Yeah. Obviously. So when Brian sings those old Bond tracks, one, it's a it's a great tribute every time. You know, it is. He, he does his own thing, but there's always a bit of honoring Bond in, in playing those songs. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? 
Yeah. And and so absolutely, when when you get to hear those, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, I I mean I like the way Brian sings "Let There Be Rock." I like the way he sings "The Jack," "Sin City." Those songs are. I, you can't say that they were built for Brian because they obviously weren't, but his voice suits it very well. I think "Highway to Hell." It's there's something lacking with Brian's versions of that song, but obviously it's so it's just, it's just a staple. Um, but like like when we li- we listen to Bruce sing the songs by other singers from Iron Maiden. He always sings them with such conviction, and, and Brian's the same way. Yes, Brian sings everything with conviction. I mean, th- those are his songs now. I mean, and, and he uh-huh. and he owns them, just like Brian. I mean, just like Bruce owns the the Paul era songs and the Blaze era songs. He, but I don't even I don't even think of it that way. I think it's like they belong to the the fans, mm-hmm. and he respects that, and he's a fan too. Like he he really liked Bond. You know, I don't think they knew each other very well, but there's a whole story about how he met Bond's family and got got their approval to be the new singer right. of of ACDC, and it, that's that's really touching. Like that that family, that ACDC family, is just so tight knit. It's incredible. Oh yeah, and by ownership, I don't mean you know when I say that he. I know owns what, I know what you meant. The, but, the what you know just but to letting the, the listeners know. When I say that that Bruce or Brian own the song, they they have made it their own. They sing it their way. At the same time, still honoring the fact that it was sung by a different singer. But they've basically mastered the song so that it, it takes on its life that they that they want to put it that they want to give it. And mm-hmm. and so you know the songs are are theirs now. You know they've been passed on. But that's why I say the the one I think that's the weakest in in terms of all of those songs is is Highway to Hell, you know the way that Brian sings Let There Be Rock and just all those old songs. I mean, he I, I actually think that the Jack is a better song with Brian singing it, and I know you don't like the song. Well, I actually agree with that. I mean, I because I like his version better. I still don't like the song, but yeah, because like the song better. the song is such a a, a sleazy song. And it's a grimy song because it's so bluesy. And then the way Brian sings it, because he has that gravelly voice, it just makes it that much more grimy and nasty. And I and I think that's what makes that song much better with Brian singing it. I think it's so cool. I, I was alive when Bon was alive, but I didn't know anything about ACDC until Brian joined and Bon had passed away. So... For me, you know, all I know is Brian, and that's why I think those things, you know, they, they they resonate with me so much more than the than the Bond stuff. But I love the Bond era. It's, it's one of these weird conundrums. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think what it boils down to is that we like both of them. It's just it's just a matter of preference, and I'm sure it's the same for every fan out there. But check out those videos like like Family Jewels. It's a really good insight into the the Bond era because we don't get to see that really. I mean, the, there was obviously way more press, way more coverage of the Brian era. 
there's videos out there that you can find, but it's harder to find stuff from from the early days of ACDC. Um, that's a that's a really good account of that. The video that you mentioned on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, the, that, what I, there's two of them on there. Whichever one, mm-hmm. I think I can't remember which what what his name is. You just pick it, you watch it, and if it's <laughs> watch the, if, both it, of them. <laughs> if it's the documentary, that's not the one. You know, this this one is strictly <laughs> live videos, and it's pretty cool. So, in a nutshell, okay, uh, recapping this and every episode that we've done like this, we love all the eras of of the bands. We love all these bands. We, we're not trying to criticize. We're not trying to uh, negate any of their accomplishments. We're just talking about, you know, what people like and dislike. Sometimes there's always a like and a dislike. You don't like the Jack. Other people do. I don't like certain songs other people do but we're here to just entertain and we're here to to talk about our favorite music so uh, hopefully no one gets offended about any of the stuff that we negate you know i would love for people to turn around and say you know what i like that song i don't like that song tell me tell us write us yeah write us on facebook write us on instagram let us know come on yeah i don't care if people get offended by my no, my opinion i don't care either <laughs> no i don't care either but i i love the fact that this music more than i think more than any other music fans are so passionate about and i love that and and the fact that we can have these debates and still walk away and love the music either way is what's so powerful about heavy metal and hard rock hard music in general so that brings us to our big four acdc songs i'm going to start it off because you started off last week that sounds good. I was I was going to suggest you start it off. <laughs> cool. All right. So, my big four ACDC songs. Number four is Ball Breaker. I love that song. It's the return of Phil Rudd on the, on the Ball Breaker album. He had made his return on the Big Gun song that was on the Last Action Hero soundtrack. But this was the album, Ball Breaker, that had the return of Phil Rudd. The album was produced by Rick Rubin. It saw the band go back to more of its bluesy, 70s-based style of music, yet it, it maintained that heavy edge from the back and black for those about to rock era. So it was, it was a really good mix of the ni- early 1980s and mid-70s ACDC. It was really cool. The songs were a little bit slower, a lot more blues-based, but then you got a song like Ball Breaker that was just killer. Love that song. My number three song, Sin City, off the Power Age album. Love that bass line. That is a killer bass line. It really is. K- kudos to Cliff Williams. That's an amazing bass line. I love that 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 song. I almost I I had done this top four or this big four last week, and it wasn't on uh, Sin City. I had forgotten about Sin City. I had a different song on there, and then when I remembered, I'm like, whatever that whatever that other song was, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, Let There Be Rock. It's almost like what what song can be better than Let There Be Rock? I have one <laughs> that I think is my favorite more. So, But Let There Be Rock is so cool. I mean, from the beginning, when the first time I heard that and just the whole the, the take off of the, uh, the, the, um, the Bible and, you know, Let There Be Light, Let There Be, you know, Let There Be Light, Let There Be Sound. Let there be drums, let there be guitars, let there be rock. I mean, it's just awesome. I love that. My number one, and hands down, 
far and away my number one ACDC song, Shoot to Thrill. I love that song. Yeah, I mean, that is, we talked about cranking it up and letting everyone else listen to it. <laughs> that, that, that song is that when I play when I play it. I drop the windows down and let everyone join in with me. And they do. I see them. They jump into the car with him. They they're singing the song with him, you know. And then and then it's over, and then everyone just kind of dissipates. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my big four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give an honorable mention because I feel offended, as is our culture today. You know, you you, you got on my case early on for doing these honorable mentions. <laughs> no, this is specific. This is this is specifically by because of something you said earlier. My honorable mention is let me put my love into you. <laughs> I really like that song, and of course, uh, I'm I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I really like that song. Um, it's one that kind of gets stuck in my head, and I, I end up singing it a lot. But it's not on my big four. So we're going to start with number four, which is a Brian Johnson track, is Thunderstruck. I'm a big fan of Thunderstruck. I remember the first time I heard it, I, I recorded it on my, my cassette player, and uh, it was in my one of my early mixtapes, which we were talking about today. Mixed and uh, <laughs> I, I just I really like that song. It's one of my favorite of of the Brian era. Uh, number three is Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That might have been my first ACDC song. I remember hearing it on the radio, and I heard that that kind of bizarre voice saying "Dirty Deeds," you know. And I just I just thought it was so cool. And I, I just, I, I love that song. And it's such a, it's such a cool concept, you know. It's like this kind of hitman kind of vibe. And I always liked how Bond put these kind of characters into the songs. Number two is one of my favorite ACDC songs is uh, "Touch Too Much," off of uh, ha- ha- Highway to Hell. I love that song. It's it's so well written. I love the the imagery that he conjures. You know the 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 face of an angel, the smiling with sin, the body of Venus with arms. Like it's just so so clever, you know. And that's one of the the examples of his really clever writing. Exactly. And I just I, that's the one thing about Bond I just really love. And the number one is my favorite ACDC song, which is Let There Be Rock. I adore that song. I love the video. I love, uh, you know, th- just the expressions that he has. You know, you go on a journey through the song, and that's always one of my favorite experiences when I'm listening to music. I remember watching the video and just, like, hitting repeat, which it, it wouldn't have been repeat. I would rewind it. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, it was so fun. Oh, Again, going and back to your number two. Oh yeah, going back to your number two. Touch too much was the one I dropped off. Ah, uh, so it, it almost made your list. Yeah, that was supposed to be my number three. I I had, I I, I couldn't, couldn't couldn't believe I forgot about Sin City, and so once I remembered Sin City, I had to toss something out. And Touch Too Much was the one that lost <laughs> because it was I liked the other ones more. But Touch Too Much is my favorite song on Highway to Hell. So there you have that. It's a tough call. I mean, a lot of these, like to me, this was was a hard one to get through because there are so many great ACDC songs. Oh yeah, for sure. 
would have had to go through kind of like a battle royale. Like, is this one better than this one? Yeah, okay, we're tossing it. You know, it took me a good twenty minutes to go through all these. So, what? What I the way I picked mine. Obviously, I, I, you you have songs that you always listen to, and that's that's what I went down to. Instead of doing some, you know, laying them out and trying to see which one was better than the thing, I said to myself, which ones do I always go back to? One that I know I always go back to is "Shoot to Thrill." If 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 I put on "Back in Black," I sometimes I skip "Hell's Bells" just to get to "Shoot to Thrill." Oh yeah, "Shoot Shoot to Thrill" is probably my favorite on that album too. It's 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 so good. Right, and then you know, Ball Breakers, another one of those where, it, like, for a lo- the longest time, I actually carried that album because I had uh, had gotten the re- the Sony remaster, like I had the original release from from Atlantic that was given to me as a promo when I worked at the record store, and then I bought the remaster. Not that I think the album needed to be remastered, but whatever, I bought it just so I can get Digipack, and it was only four bucks or something like that at Big Lots. <laughs> worth it yeah exactly so i had that cd just sitting in my car at the time when i had a cd player in my car and i just put it in there and the good the go-to song was like pass well that's not true i would play hail caesar and then ball breaker and the two songs are very similar i always went back to ball breaker and sin city just hands down is you know one of my favorite ACDC songs and Let There Be Rock. I mean, you can't help but if I put on Let There Be Rock, I'm listening to that album. I'm listening to that song. Much like you. I mean, Let, let, let There Be Rock, it, it was tough to be, you know, number two, but Shoot the Thrill just because I knew that that is my favorite ACDC song, hands down. No, understood. All right, cool. Well, it's time to wrap it up, and that's it for Debating Metal this week. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll debate the merit of some of the more questionable albums and bands catalogs with a new ongoing topic called Odd Album Out. We'll also be back again with some rusty metal and some freshly forged recommendations. I'm Chris Kay. On behalf of Kenneth Dean, remember to always turn it up to 11. Join us next week. See ya.